Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. All right, welcome once again to Believer's Church. I have the privilege, the pleasure this weekend of closing out the series called Valleys, Hope for Life's Toughest Moments. And uh, if you haven't been with us, in the Bible, there are literal valleys, literal events happened in them, but valleys also are meant to be used metaphorically concerning the tough times of life. So the hilltops are metaphorically referring to the good times, valleys, the bad times, and we found out in lesson one, God is the God of the hills and the valleys. And so I thought, let's go through the major valleys in the Bible. Let's look at the stories. Let's see what God teaches us that we can do while we're in those valleys so that God can connect with our lives during those times. So we have a cool valley today we're going to close with, and I want to open with a story. This is a story I've shared uh, twice in 15 years, so you may have heard it, but I'm going to come at it from a different angle today and connect it a different way, so, so stay connected, but it has to do with Gina and I building our home, and we built a house about 15 years ago. We bought a lot, and where we purchased the lot, there was no sewer, so we had to put a septic system in. So we put the system, and we decided to put it in the front yard, and then we did grass in the backyard. We left about 20 feet or so of woods uh, on, uh, on the other side of the backyard, and the day we moved in, our septic system failed. And here's how you know if a septic system failed. Poo-poo puddles began to come up all over the front yard. And so it began this huge process, and the puddles grew into a pond. I called it our poo-poo pond, poo-poo pond Caminetti. And it was 30 feet long, about 15 feet wide. And, you know, poo-poo ponds smell. It wasn't safe for domestic animals, right? It wasn't safe for wild animals. We have deer and turkey that walk through our yard almost just about every day. One night I was working in our office, and I have this home office right above our garage, and right out the window is our driveway, and I hear this eerie, crazy noise. And I look out on the driveway, and it's a bobcat at midnight walking down our drive. That blew my mind. And uh, so we have these wild animals. It wasn't safe for anybody. So the health department, of course, wanted us to fix it. And I, and I can't blame them for wanting us to fix it. So I felt it wasn't my fault. I went to the builder, and this took months and months. And he said, hey, you're using too much water. I went to the county who approved the system. They said, you're using too much water. And so I, I'm hitting a brick wall. I don't know what to do. I, I know nothing about septic systems. So I find this expert in southern Ohio. I wanted them to not to know anybody in Trumbull County. So I bring him up, and he tells me, monitor your water. Uh, for, and I did it for two months. Every day I wrote down the numbers on the meter. I gave it to him. He checked the system out. So he came back with this report. He said, you're not using too much water. Your water usage is fine. He said, here's the problem. You have Wadsworth soil, and you have a seven-inch water table. He said, that, that means seven inches under the ground. I have water where I live. Wadsworth soil is real terrible clay-type soil. And he said, they put a plastic leach bed in. And he said, plastic leach beds do not work with Wadsworth soil. He says, really, you shouldn't even have a septic system with Wadsworth soil. He says, in our county, it's outlawed, but in your county, it's still alive, so you don't have anything... You can't do anything because they're allowed in your county in Wadsworth soil. So I, I had this choice to fight City Hall. I decided not to do that. 
So I went to the other side of Trumbull County and I said, hey, when are you bringing sewers? Can you bring some sewers to our development? I mean, it's in Holland. Can you bring some sewers there? They said, it's never going to happen. Uh, we don't have the money. There's no way it's going to ever take place. So Gina and I did what, what most of you would do in this room. We prayed and we said, God, uh, we don't have the money to put another uh, septic system in the backyard. I had to clear my woods, put a raised mound system, and it would cost minimum 25000 Then I had to have these pumps pump the poo-poo water to the raised mound system, and I had to see that in my backyard for the rest of my life. And So we're praying, God, we don't have the money. Get the money to us. God, can you do sewers? And we're praying these prayers, and, and, and then we would just, there's nothing else we could do. Well, almost a year passed, and the county gave me a hard deadline because that pond is growing, and they gave me this hard deadline, and I was just a day before the deadline, and here's what Gina and I did. We just kept thanking God. We said, God, we don't know what you're going to do, but we look to you. We thank you that you're the God that answered our prayers. We thank you, Lord. You're going you're gonna to see us through this. You're going to help us get the money. I just built a house. I didn't have any money left to borrow, and I'm just thanking God for, for coming through. Gina's thanking God for coming through. Do you know a day before the hard deadline the county gave us that I received a phone call? There was a woman on the other end. I never met her in my life. And she said, uh, she said, hi. She introduced herself. She said, I watch you on TV. I love the TV show. And she said, I'm going to be your new neighbor. We just bought a lot down the street. And she said, I need you to sign off on a paper. And I said, what kind of paper? She said, well, my husband and I are willing to front the county the money, uh, let them borrow it to bring the sewers here, and then we'll get paid back as everybody pays that fee. She said, but you have to sign off. Would you be willing to sign off? Yes. I told her, have you seen my poo-poo pond? Yes, I, I will sign off, and I'll go beg every other neighbor in the world and on the street. To, I'll beg them. I'll bribe them. I'll do anything. We need sewers to come. And the sewers came. It was absolutely amazing. Today we're going to talk about this valley. It's an interesting valley, and I, I thought, how can I enunciate this word? Um, it's the Valley of Shittim. So you can see it. And you know the old saying, Shittim happens, right? So <clears throat> we all know that saying, right? That's the valley we're going to talk about today. You know, you know what us preachers also call it? Uh, the valley of overwhelming odds. It's referring to when you're in a valley where you did everything you know to do. You prayed, you're standing on the promises of God, and nothing changes. Some of you in here right now, you're in that valley. It might be for your kids. You know, maybe you're praying for your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your children, and you don't like what's going on in their life, and you're praying your heart out, and nothing's changing. You're in the valley of Shittim. Maybe it's for your finances, and you need a turnaround, and you need God to come through. Maybe you need a job, you need a door to open, whatever it is, you're in the valley of Shittim. Maybe it's a relationship, and you need God to do something. You need Him to shake it. You need Him to fix it or get you out of it or whatever it is. You need God to come through. Maybe it's physical. But all of us, in one way or another, end up in the Valley of Shittim. And when we're in that valley, God teaches us what we can do. And we have these two cool stories that happened in that valley. You guys know the stories. So we'll, 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 we'll go through those stories. We'll learn some incredible things about connecting with God. I wanted you to see this picture. This is a picture of the Valley of Shittim. Uh, and it's famous. This is today, but it's famous. And in Bible days, it had way more. These are called acacia trees. And it's famous for acacia trees. And that's going to come in and be very important in just a couple minutes. But I wanted you to see 
It's a very arid, desert area with acacia trees. And some very, very incredible events took place here that we're going to learn from. But here's what I want you to walk out today understanding more clearly than ever. If you're visiting, every time I create a lesson, I say, what do I want to get across? And instead of going a hundred directions, I just say, if I can bring out one thing that everybody gets, I've changed your life. So this is what I want you to get. Many of you know it, so I just want to take you to the next level. And it goes like this. When you want to give up, lift God up. And when you want to give up is when you're in the Valley of Shittim. And we're going to talk about what it means to lift God up today. And it's an absolute amazing thing to lift God up. And that's what Gina and I did. It's giving thanks. It's worshiping and magnifying Him right when you're in the middle of the Valley of Shittim. And God does amazing things when you don't have the ability to do anything. He is an amazing God. And we're going to find that out today. And we're going to look at this image because the two events that happened, they both had this this, they both had this incredible instrument that God told Israel to make, and it's called the Ark of the Covenant, and here's a picture of it. You know what God said to Moses? He said to Moses, he said, I will speak to you between the two angelic beings. And God literally, his presence was on that Ark, and that's where Moses would go to hear God give him instructions. And so God told Moses, build this. You know he built it out of acacia wood? from the Valley of Shittim. That's fascinating, isn't it? But you know what God said to do with the acacia wood? He said, I want you to overlay it with gold. And in the Bible, gold is a type of God. It's a type and shadow of God showing up. It's pure. It represents God, God's ability, God's presence. And I think it's interesting that the ark was made from wood, acacia wood from Shittim, and God said overlay it with gold. And what's God saying to us when we're in that valley we need Him to come through, and we need Him to wrap around our life, and we need Him to do what you and I don't have the power to do. Here's something else about this ark. It was literally called and literally meant to represent God showing up, God's presence. It doesn't have to be weird. So for all the guys in here, it doesn't have to be weird. But it's God showing up. And guess how they were to carry it? There was only one way they were allowed to transport it. And it was on the shoulders of the priests. They had to put it on their shoulders. Do you know the Bible says that if you're a Christian, you are a priest of God? And do you know what one of our priestly ministries is? There's several things we can do. But the main priestly ministry every one of us have is to give thanks and worship God. And every time you give thanks and worship God, you are entering into the Christian priestly ministry. And guess what happens? Psalm 22.3 says this. It says that God inhabits your praises. And there's something about us giving thanks and praising God that literally brings God's presence. And that's why you're going to see this ark. It's involved in both of the stories we're going to look at, and they're carrying it on their shoulder. And every time the priests are carrying that ark on the shoulder, you know what it's a type of? It's a type of you beginning to worship and magnify God no matter what's going on in your life. And it's a picture of God showing up and God doing things that you're not strong enough to do. It's absolutely an amazing picture. So the first event we want to look at, you guys know these events. You may not have known they were in the Valley of Shittim. The first one is when Joshua came into power over Israel. They've wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Then God says, I want you to cross the Jordan River, and I want you to go into the Promised Land and begin to take the Promised Land. But there was one problem. The Jordan River was at flood stage. Take a look at the Jordan River at flood stage. This is what it looks like. This is today what it looks like when it's flooded. It would have been very similar in Bible days. But here's what's fascinating. 
It was a mile wide. Think about that. A mile wide. It was about 20 feet deep, and the water is moved at 10 miles an hour. Now, they don't have an Army Corps of Engineers to build a bridge. I was just watching, in case you're watching this in the future, listening in the future, uh, this is September 2017. Hurricane Harvey just happened, and I know you guys are praying for those people down there and giving to help them out, and it, it, it's just it's, it's mind-blowing what happened there. And I was listening to an expert, and they were standing near water that was going 10 miles an hour. I didn't know this, and I, thought, I wrote it down for this lesson. I thought, whoa, that's pretty cool. Here's what he said. He said, when waters are moving 10 miles an hour, it's equivalent to the wind blowing on land at 290 miles an hour. Now, I remember standing, the highest wind I ever stood in was 60 miles an hour, and I had to hold on for dear life. That's kind of scary. But 290 miles an hour? So what, what the children of Israel are looking at, they're looking at this water, and they're thinking, God, we can't build a bridge. God, that's going to sweep us away, and there's no way for us to get into the promised land. But God said, cross it right here in the valley of Shittim. So Joshua's like confused. God, why? How? How's this going to happen? So... Here's what God said. He said, I want the priests to put the ark on their shoulder, and I want them to walk into the Jordan River. Can you imagine that? He didn't give any other explanations. He didn't say, I'm going to knock it back. He didn't say, I'm going to stop the flow. He just said, I want the priests. Can you imagine if you're one of the priests? And you're like, Whoa. and now you're going to walk into that water. Can you imagine how they had to do that by faith? And that's how it is when you're in the Valley of Shittim. When you're in overwhelming odds, it takes faith to lift God up and begin to worship and begin to praise. It takes faith to begin to thank God when everything looks like it's going to fall apart. You did everything you know to do. You prayed. You did, you're standing on promise. It takes faith to walk into that river. But they did. And I just want to read. It's, it's worth the read. <laughs> Here's what happened. It goes like this. Joshua 3.14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan... The priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, verse 15. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water upstream, verse 16, stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. Listen to verse 17. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry. That's amazing. Now, here's, here's, what, here's a picture. They didn't have iPhones, so I had to get a painting. Here, here's what the priests look like, okay? It's amazing. They're standing there on dry land. What's that a picture of? It's a picture of you. God inhabits your praises. It's a picture of you lifting God up. It's a picture of you saying, God, I did everything I know to do. I don't know what to do next, but I can do one thing. I can thank you for your goodness. I can praise you and worship you because you're the living God, and I trust you. It's an act of trust. And God wants to take our lives when we begin to do that, and we're in the Valley of Shittim. He wants to push the floodwaters back. He wants to dry up our poo-poo ponds. He wants... I love saying that, so excuse me. <laughs> shatim, shatim, shatim. I love it. All right. So he wants to dry it all up, right? He wants to fix your problem, and it happens when you and I just begin to thank and worship God. And guys, again, it's not weird. This is not a weird thing. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but we sang three songs today. We normally sing four. I saved one for the end, so we're going to have a blast. Just a couple minutes. But here's God. 
after this happens, you know what he says to them next? I want you to conquer Jericho. Now, Jericho had walls. It was a walled city. Here's what it looks like. Again, a painting, a rendition. They say the walls were 26 feet high, 6 feet wide. They had little apartments in the walls. And Israel had no ability. Here they are in the Valley of Shittim. They have no ability at all to knock that wall down. They do not have the technology. They have spears, arrows, slingshots. There's nothing they can do. They could try to scale it, but the people inside, they would just shoot arrows at them, pour hot oil on them. There's no way for them to get in there. But God said, take the city. And Joshua's their leader. He says, God, how do we do it? He says, here's how I want you to do it. We're going to learn another really cool principle. God said, have the trumpet players go first. He said, I want you to do a parade around the walls. He said, put the priests with the ark on their shoulders next. And then he said, have the people in the army follow. Then he said this. He said, I want you to circle once a day for six days. Then he said, on the seventh day, I want you to circle seven times. Then I want you to blow trumpets and shout. But he gave them one other instruction. And I think this instruction is really important. This is where I mess up so often. Do you know what the one other instruction was? He said, no one's allowed to talk when they're walking around the walls. He said, zip your lip. Why? Can you imagine? God gives uh, Joshua the instructions, and these guys are walking around the city. Can you imagine if they were allowed to talk what they say? Joshua's been in the sun too long. There's no way playing trumpets and shouting is going to knock these walls down. We're wasting our time. What in the world are we doing? There's no way we're going to take these walls down. And so God wanted you and I to learn something. We know the ark on the shoulder of the priest is representing us giving thanks. It's representing us worshiping God. But here's what else God wants us to know. It's very important that we don't look at the overwhelming odds and begin to just spew out negative things about where's God, about this, I'm never going to overcome this thing, my life is ruined. I'm not telling you to deny reality. We need to do our homework. We need to take all the steps we need to take. But there's a difference between that and just letting loose and letting all kinds of negative things come out of our mouth. And guess what? If those are coming out of your mouth, guess what's not coming out of your mouth? God, I thank you. You heard my prayers. God, I thank you. You're working. And I'm just going to worship you because you're God and you never let me down, God. I'm going to worship you. And so that's the instructions that God gave them. And I think what happened is absolutely amazing. So take a look at Joshua 6.20. It says this. When the trumpet sounded, this is after seven times, it says uh, the army shouted and the sound of the trumpet, uh, when the men gave a loud shout, it says the walls collapsed so that everyone charged straight in and they took the city. God has some cities, so to speak, that he wants you to take. But it's interesting, when you, when you read what archaeologists say, they, they've discovered these walls. They say that it, it wasn't knocked down this way or that way. They say it's just like a force came and just pressed it into the ground. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And then they rushed in, and they won the battle. But the overwhelming odds were the walls of Jericho. And how did they knock those walls down? Thanking God, worshiping, and praising. But now I want to give you a literal story where it's just spelled out. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I love the imagery, love the ark, but here, here, it's, this is a literal story. It happened with the king of Judah. His name was Jehoshaphat, and he had these armies, three of them, attack Israel, and he could not beat them. He had a very weak army at the time. They were very weak at the time. And he prayed, and he went to God and said, God, we're, we're going to be killed. We need your help. And guess what happened? He's fasting, he's praying. God sent a prophet to him. 
And God, through the prophet, gave them instructions. And the instructions are amazing. God spelled it out this time. So let's take a look at these incredible instructions. It's Second Chronicles 20:15, And it says, The prophet said, Pay attention, all you people of Judah, residents of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says to you. Don't be afraid and don't panic because of the huge army. Zip it up. And then he says, For the battle is not yours, but God's. When we're in the Valley of Shittim and we've done everything we know to do, the battle's God's. Listen to the next thing he says. Verse 17. You will not fight in this battle. Take your position, stand, and watch the Lord deliver you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid and don't panic. Tomorrow march out towards them. The Lord is with you. Did you notice how many times he said, zip it, relax? Some of us stop God from doing what he wants to do in our life because we, we just don't trust him and we're spewing out all these negative things. And he's saying, guys, when it's overwhelming, just trust me. Trust me. And listen to the next instruction, verse 21. He met with the people and appointed musicians to play before the Lord and praise His majestic splendor. As they marched ahead of the warriors, they said, Give thanks to the Lord for His loyal love endures. I want you to picture this. Our our worship team. Can you imagine? They're, They're coming in front of the army and they're singing and worshiping God and the army's behind them and they're walking against three powerful nations can you imagine what those nations thought? They probably thought, this is going to be a cakewalk. And they're walking out towards there. The soldiers are behind, and they're worshiping God, and they're magnifying God. It's like the priest carrying the ark with the Jordan, with the walls of Jericho. Listen to the very next thing, verse 22. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were Defeated. Now think about this. Israel never swung a sword. They never shot an arrow, never threw a javelin. They never fought. There was no fighting. But God worked in their behalf. And God began to do things, and they supernaturally won the battle. As a matter of fact, God made the other armies so confused, they killed each other. When Israel came out and, and looked, everybody was dead, and they never fought. And what's God trying to say to you and I? When we're in the Valley of Shittim and we've done everything we know to do, and whether it's our kids and us praying for God to rescue them or save them, get them on the right path, whatever it is, broken relationships, finances, physical, when you and I have done everything we know to do and we're in the Valley of Shittim, it's time to lift God up. When you don't have a chance, when all odds are against you, when you want to give up, Lift God up. And we're going to take a moment today and do that. But my heart is you'll begin to do it through the week. And just begin to thank God every time you see something that needs to change that's not changing. Just begin to thank Him that He's going to overcome. I love to worship, so I put some worship songs in. And I'll be driving, and I'll put those worship songs in. And I'll just begin to worship God and magnify Him and give Him thanks. And it's the most amazing thing. Not only does it bring peace, it looses God to be God. So we're going to have our moment in a moment, but first I want to pray for something else. Can we close our eyes, bow our heads just for a moment? If you're in this room and you're not sure of your eternity, I I hate you to hear a great message and leave and, and not even be connected to God. If you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, I want to give you a moment to walk out of here being being 100% sure that when you die you'll go to heaven 
Maybe you walked in not even believing God existed. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe you walked in and your life's a mess. Hey, one of our core values is no perfect people are allowed, so you're not even allowed in here if you're perfect. None of us are perfect. But Jesus died so we can live. Jesus died so God could forgive. And when he died on that cross, he died for your sins, the sins of the whole world. That's why Jesus died. And he said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them and give them eternal life. So if you're here, I want to ask you a question. Can you remember a moment in your life? doesn't matter if you grew up in church, you didn't. doesn't matter if you were water baptized, not. You can do all that and never have this moment. Can you remember a moment when you prayed and you said, Jesus, I believe you're the Savior and I make a decision today to accept you? If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't, but I'm ready today. Would you pray with me right now? Church, can we help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for the sins of the whole world, including mine. And this day, I give you my heart and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Now heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, miracles happened. God washed every sin you ever committed away. You're forgiven for every future sin. I mean, the sacrifice of Jesus is amazing. God gave you the gift of eternal life, yet you can be sitting here and not have felt a thing, and that's normal. Just not felt a thing. But the miracles happen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.